Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. You have your Bibles turned to 1 Samuel chapter 14. 1 Samuel chapter 14, and this is Vision Sunday. Somebody say vision. How many of you think vision is important? Scripture says that where there is no vision, people perish. But if that's true, then the opposite is equally true, that in the presence of vision, people flourish. And I just believe that today is going to be a powerful deposit in all of our campuses as we talk about God's vision for us as a church and then specifically for you in your life. In 1 Samuel chapter 14, and I love the Old Testament. Uh, actually, I love the Bible from cover to cover. But how many of you appreciate the Old Testament? And man, I know sometimes there are layers and you got to dig, but there's some gold in the Old Testament. And this is one of those stories. It, maybe it's familiar to some. Maybe some of you, this is the first time you're hearing this. But in 1 Samuel chapter 14, in fact, if you want some context, you can read chapter 13. But chapter 14 is one of the epic battles in uh, the, the nation of Israel. And uh, in fact, they're at war with the Philistines again. Somebody say again. Have you discovered that there will always be a battle to fight? Have you ever felt like that when you fight through one battle and you conquer it, on the other side of that, there's another enemy staring you in the face? Oh, come on, don't get quiet this Sunday morning. Can I have a better amen? amen. Man, it always seems like every time we turn around, we're fighting battles. You know, and I think a part of this should be confirmation to us that as God's people, we are moving in the right direction. Mama used to always say, son, if you haven't run into the devil, you might be running with him. How many of you know mama had her own version of the gospel? It's true. It seemed like every time you turn around, the Israelites were at war again with the Philistines. Now, let me give you the dynamics here. The, the, the Israelites find themselves in a very precarious position. The Bible says they only have 600 soldiers. And out of 600 men, they only have two swords. 600 soldiers with two swords. Now, if I just give you that information, how many of you are feeling like switching teams already? Yeah, okay. I don't like these odds. The scripture says that the Philistine army had 3,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and they had so many soldiers that you couldn't even begin to count. In fact, it compared, the Bible compares the Philistine army to the number of sand on the beach. Now, given those odds, 600 versus insurmountable, uncountable opposition. It's amazing to me how sometimes life feels exactly the same way. Have you ever been up against circumstances so big and you felt so small? Have you ever felt like you tried to accomplish something significant, but you had so little resource? One of the things I've discovered about the God that we serve is this. Our Lord loves to stack the odds against himself so that when victory happens, nobody can take credit but the Lord himself. God doesn't need a lot. 
to do a lot. And with 600 men with only two swords against insurmountable odds, we find Israel, their response was really unique. Some of the people, some of these men, they ran and they hid in the mountains. Uh, Others just went home. They went on to the house. They returned to their wives and their children. Still others switched sides. Rather than fight for the army of Israel that seemed doomed to lose, they jumped over to the Philistine camp. It reminds me of back in the day when when Trevor was young and we would watch LSU football. I remember one time he was all decked out in his purple and gold, and, man, I think they were playing like Ole Miss. And so, man, LSU was not doing well the first three quarters, and Trevor disappears. And he, he, he kind of disappears to his room, and then he came back out, and he was wearing, like, navy and scarlet. So he's wearing this blue and, and red. He was wearing Ole Miss colors. I'm like, son, you can't do that. We are tigers through and through. I mean, no, he was more committed to winning than he was to his team. <laughs> Here was some of the Israelites. They just jumped over to the other side. What do you do against odds like this? Well, you know what King Saul was doing? King Saul was camped out under a pomegranate tree. He was hiding from the enemy under a tree, paralyzed by fear, not knowing what to do. Him with 600 men, except one young man woke up. That boy's name was Jonathan. And Jonathan, read with me in 1 Samuel chapter 14, starting with verse 6. Jonathan says these words. He turns to his young armor bearer. Now, most scholars believe that Jonathan was maybe 17 or 18 years of age, and his armor bearer was 13 or 14, okay? So now we're having a conversation between two teenagers about these epic odds and this incredible force that's coming against him. Jonathan says this to his young armor bearer. He says, come, Let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised Philistine men. Perhaps the Lord. Somebody say, perhaps the Lord. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. I love this. In fact, the theme for today, the the phrase that God has dropped in my heart for our church this year, and what I want you to embrace even in your own life is what Jonathan said to his armor bearer. He says, perhaps the Lord. Perhaps the Lord. Now, it didn't make sense in the natural, but something was stirring in the heart of this young man that wouldn't let him sit still. Something was motivating him on the inside. We can't just hang out under the pomegranate tree forever. We've got to do something. Jonathan turns to his armor bearer and says, let's go pick a fight. Anybody ever been in a fight before? Okay, don't get all religious up in here now. Say, oh, pastor, I'm I'm not violent. Some of you, I'm bringing you back to your B.C. days, right? Your before Christ days. I don't know what your theology on fighting is. My parents told me, listen, son, you can never throw the first punch. But if you get attacked, you can defend yourself. You see, this, I I need to tell my parents, you didn't read 1 Samuel. God had a different theology on conflict. Jonathan turns to his armor bearer and says, let's go to the enemy's camp and go punch him in the mouth. How many's ready to swing right now? 
You see, I believe, now listen, the church has forgotten how to fight. The church has gotten passive. The church has listened to culture for too long. Culture has tried to muzzle the voice of the people of God. Society has tried to push us to the side, to the fringes, and say, no, 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 you don't have any authority to speak to this. Can I tell you, the Bible has the authority to speak to every issue in our culture today. The world wants us to just be quiet, to just go sit in a corner, to just go do what what, what Christian people do. Leave all this alone. And God says, no, we're fixing to pick a fight. We're fixing to throw a punch. You know, when you plant a campus in a city, you're kicking the devil in the teeth. When you send ninth and 10th graders on a retreat like we did this weekend, and they're worshiping God, and they're jumping, and they're dancing before the Lord, you're punching the devil in the throat. Come on, somebody. When you serve the poor, when you do an outreach, when you go on the mission field, you see, I'm, I'm afraid that we've forgotten as a church how to fight. We've gotten passive. The Bible speaks about the issues of our day. I want you to hear this. Darkness is not an affirmative force. It simply occupies space that's been vacated by the light. See, darkness is not affirmative. Darkness simply occupies what light retreats from. And as the body of Christ, we can't be content to just sit idly by. But God wants to raise up a righteous remnant. Come on, somebody say, perhaps the Lord. Jonathan says, hey, man, I got a great idea. How about you and me go over to the Philistine outpost and let's go pick a fight? I'm telling you, church, your kids are worth fighting for. Your marriage is worth fighting for. Your faith is worth fighting for. Don't shy back. Don't apologize. Don't tiptoe around political correctness. See, the devil wants you to be more concerned about the feelings of others than you are about the truth. Mmm, it's getting quiet in here. Some of you getting a little nervous. Oh, pastor's fired up today. Listen, God has put us in the earth to make a difference. God has put you and me and connected us to this amazing family called Healing Place Church. And we're not just trying to be decent Christians. God says, I want you to be dangerous. You see, when you say, perhaps the Lord, it opens the door for God. Why is it? Now, now listen, we would love a for sure the Lord. Well, for sure the Lord. How many know it's easier to move when you have a guarantee? But it's harder to move forward when it involves risks. And I believe if we're followers of Jesus, if we've received the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, if the presence of God dwells within us, we have to embrace risk. We can't run from risk. You know, if you want the same things, you're gonna, if, you, if you want different results, you've got to do different things. You've got to step out in an area that maybe stretches you. Maybe it's a little uncomfortable. But I believe God is challenging us as a church. Hey, he's saying, give me a chance. Think about it. What's the very emblem of our faith? As believers, the emblem of our faith is what? It's a cross. Can I tell you, there is nothing safe about a cross. A cross was a dangerous 
place. Jesus put himself in difficult positions so the kingdom of God could advance in power. And I don't want us to simply retreat to levels of comfort. God has placed us in the earth today to move the purposes of the kingdom of God forward. You say, but Mike, what if I try and I fail? Now, let me show you how this works. I want you to write this down, okay? Write down the word try, T-R-Y, okay? Put it in all capital letters. You say, Mike, what if I try and I fail? Welcome to the human race. All right, the common denominator of humanity is we have all failed in an area of our life. Can I have a better amen? Why are we so afraid of failure? Sometimes we're we're so afraid of failure that we won't even try. I want to tell you what I've committed to. I would rather try and fail than fail because I never tried. You see, everything that we enjoy in life, at one time, it was a brand new experience for us. At one time, we had never attempted it before. But the things that you love most and enjoy most in life, you had to step out in faith and embrace risk. If you try, you may fail. But when you fail, you learn and then you grow. Come on, are you seeing how this thing works? You see, this is, how many of you have ever prayed, Lord, just grow me? God, stretch me. Enlarge my capacity. How many have ever prayed that? Only two of you have prayed that. You need to start praying that because God has something bigger and better for you to experience. But if you cling to safety and hold on to comfort, you're going to miss God's best. Playing it safe will never produce God's best in you. When you try, you may fail. Then you learn and you grow, and guess what? You try again. You see, 20 years from now, oh, hear me. I'm I'm about to dance all over this stage. 20 years from now, you will regret the risks you didn't take more than the ones you did. How many of you can rewind the clock back 20 years and say, you know what? If I could go back, I would do some things differently. I would step out more courageously. I would have had that conversation. I would have taken that risk. I would have have experimented and put that on the table. Maybe, just maybe, Jonathan turns to his armor bearer and says, hey, let's go pick a fight. Perhaps the Lord. Perhaps the Lord. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, God will be with us because he can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. You see, sometimes we will calculate risk, and based on the odds, we will shrink back in fear. If you only knew how much God loved you, how much he is for you, you would fear less, and you would risk more. Well, I'm telling you, I feel but that's a word for somebody. By the Holy Ghost, if you only knew how much God loves you and how much he's for you, you would fear less. And you would risk more. Somebody say, perhaps the Lord. See, the New Testament church was never told to pray for safety. We were told to pray for opportunity. Lord, give us opportunity. Lord, we're not just trying to be decent Christians. We're going to be dangerous Christians. We're going to look at fear in the face and move forward anyway. Jonathan, in order for God to do something heroic and supernatural, Jonathan had to respond to the prompting of the Spirit and say, perhaps the Lord. 
for you and for, I, for me as a church, together, our family, we're going to stretch this year. We're going to try some things this year. We're going to do some things differently this year. How many of you, you want to see the supernatural in your life this year? Let me see, okay? I'm not just saying a little token hand raise, but you want to see the miraculous in your life. Okay, if you want to see the supernatural, then you need to get out there where you're desperate. Come on now. Go out there in an area where you need it. Because if you can take care of it by yourself, then you don't even need God. Come on, are you with me? You see, if you don't have a dream in your heart or in your life that is bigger than you, you don't even need God's help to accomplish it. If you can do it all by yourself, your dream is too small. Then you are not risking enough. But if you want to see the supernatural, don't avoid the context in which a miracle takes place. You're going to have to get out there and say, oh, Lord, if you don't show up, come on, somebody. God, I'm way, way, way out here on a limb. And then when you step into impossible, then God says, okay, now I can get started. God doesn't even show up until you reach the city limits of impossible. As long as it's possible, you can do it in your own strength. Come on, are you guys into this this morning? We're going to stretch this year as a church. I believe that there's creativity, there, there's innovation, and there are new ideas that we have yet to even tap into. I believe that there are ministries that God wants to launch. There are gifts and talents and abilities within you that God wants to help you identify this year. There is leadership potential that you're going to need to raise the bar in your life and say, you know what, perhaps the Lord. Maybe, just maybe, there are sermons to be preached, there are songs to be written, there are books. Some of you have wrestled with whether or not to write that book. I'm telling you, perhaps the Lord. Perhaps the Lord. Step out in faith. Give God a chance. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to take time in this service, and we're doing this across all of our campuses. We don't do this, but maybe once a year. But there's a survey that I want you to, to participate in right now. If you have your cell phone, if you've got your tablet or smartphone, I want you to take out your phone. And this will only take two minutes, okay? This is really, 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 really important. I think it's going to help us to serve you better. Uh, it's going to help us to plan for the future. And I think it's going to empower us to reach more people. So if you have your smartphone, pull that out. Uh, there's a, a box at the top you can click on that says Healing Place Church Survey. Uh, if you don't, you can go on our website right now, healingplacechurch.org, or you can text 41411 to HPC Survey. All that information should be on the screen. But this will only take two minutes. Only take a couple of minutes. I want to walk you through just a, a, a couple of pieces of this. If you don't have a way to access the survey, then we do have paper copies at each one of our guest services. So take time on your way out to grab that piece of paper. I want every, every, everybody to participate in this. Even if you're husband and wife, I want both of you to fill it out. Students, I want you to fill that out as well. And, uh, and, and, and this is going to be totally anonymous. So the information that you put, it's not going to be traced back to you. Uh, it's just some general pieces of information. Some of you, if you have kids, it'll talk to you about children's ministry and student ministry and things like that. But I, I want you to, to see a couple of things here. On, on this survey, and I've got the printed copy here. Again, we have this in all of our guest services foyers. But I want to draw your attention to one of the questions. that says It talks about campuses. It says, uh, if available, 
I would attend an HPC campus, and it's got four different boxes that you could check. Whether If we had a campus at LSU, would you attend that campus? Uh, and I'm going to tell you this. We are, we are this close to finding a venue at or, or near the campus of LSU. We've been talking to their, their officials. Our team has been working very hard. I know Pastor Johnny has taken a leadership role in this, and so we've asked a lot of questions. I think we're, we're getting close to nailing down a specific location. But if we had a Healing Place Church campus near LSU, would you attend? One of them says if we had one in, in Ascension Parish, would you attend there? How many Ascension Parish people, AP, do we have? Okay, awesome. Yes. Do you know that in our own database alone, we have over 18,000 people who have either visited or currently attend Healing Place from Ascension Parish? Do you know that we don't have a single campus in Ascension Parish? Much like Denham, when we launched Denham last year, we discovered a lot of people were driving from Livingston Parish to Highland Road. We launched a campus to serve them better. It probably opened up four to 500 seats in this auditorium. So we sent people there. Now the church is running between 800 and 1,000 every Sunday. And we filled up the space right here. Can I tell you how we plant campuses is going to determine how we grow? And then some of you, and it's interesting too, we got one here as it relates to Central. We have over 2,200 people either from Central, Zachary, or Greenville Springs. As God is growing our community, he's directing us to address that growth population to reach more people. And then some of you be like, hey, man, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here. This is my house. Praise God. That, that's good. We, we, we love that. This is for us to be able to serve you better. And then one of the questions says, please select the top three topics you'd like to hear taught on a Sunday. It, 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 we want to be dialed into where you are and how we can equip you so that you can build an amazing life. Take time right now to fill out that survey. Thank you for your help in that. But it's our way of partnering with you to say, perhaps the Lord. We're, we're going places this year. By faith, I'm telling you, I'm going to declare this in front of the whole church. By faith, we will plant another campus this year. Maybe that is LSU. Maybe it's Ascension Parish. But by faith, Healing Place will be in position to launch another campus. You know what else we're going to do? This year, we are going to release a worship album. God has gifted us. Come on. There's a sound in this house that needs to touch the globe. And so we're, uh, Doug and the team are working extremely hard putting things together. I feel like God has given us much, and to whom much is given, much is required. I didn't say this in the early service, but I'll say this here. And we even have a 5 o'clock service. Did y'all know that? Did y'all know that there's a 5 o'clock service? Okay, because I know we're squeezing them in at 9 and 11, 15, but we do have a 5 o'clock. And it's really the only place for us to grow. I mean, we may have 800 to 1,000 people here at a 5 o'clock service. And I felt God's dropped in my heart for us to tweak that 5 o'clock service. Because that's the only service where we're not constrained by time. We've got, I know there's a lot of traffic, and we got kids, and we got services early and late in the morning. But that 5 o'clock could be a venue where we do a little extended worship. 
We do some intentional prayer and ministry. We're those that are hungry for more of God. They land at that five o'clock because we're not boxed in by time. Those who, the gifts of the Spirit, and man, God prophesying over people, and God empowering people. I think there's something unique that could happen in that five o'clock environment. Lord's really dropped that in my heart for this year, and I want you to help us pray as we seek God's purposes for how to express that five o'clock service. Can I have a good amen? Come on, somebody say, perhaps the Lord. If you want something you've never had, you got to do something you've never done. Step out and embrace risk. Jonathan tells his armor bearer, hey, let's go pick a fight. Perhaps the Lord will help us. Now look at verse 7. Look at the armor bearer's response. He says, do all that you have in mind. Go ahead, he says, I am with you, heart and soul. Somebody say, perhaps the Lord. Say, whatever it takes. Come on, say, perhaps the Lord. Say, whatever it takes. You see, Jonathan had this vision, this dream, this passion, but it, was, it required more than just a dream. It required a level of commitment. The armor bearer was so committed to Jonathan He said yes to the man before he even knew the mission. He didn't even know what the plan was. I mean, he he didn't understand all the dynamics. Okay, Jonathan, before I sign on, tell me what you expect of me. He said, no, I am with you heart and soul. You see, dreams are for free, but hustle is sold separately. Are you with me? Everybody's got a dream. Everybody's got a desire. Everybody has a hope so, want to. Dreams are for free, but it's going to require a little hustle. It's going to require some commitment, somebody that will roll up their sleeve and say, okay, let's do this. I got your back. I'm with you. I am with you, heart and soul. You see, I believe every person here needs a perhaps the Lord faith and a whatever it takes friend. You got to have a friend that will lock arms with you and say, I'm with you. I I, I got your back. Okay. You don't even have to tell me the plan. I love you. I believe in you. I'm committed heart and soul. Are you with me today? You see this armor bearer responded and he says, Jonathan, I have your back. It's amazing what can be accomplished when you know that somebody has your back. When you charge the mountain, you don't have to look over your shoulder to wonder if they're with you. They're with you, lockstep, arm in arm, heart and soul. I have a friend, and we studied this passage years ago, and, and, and this whole perhaps the Lord, whatever it takes, man, it has so resonated in our spirits that I will randomly text him during the day. I'll just text him perhaps the Lord. In other words, say, hey, keep dreaming. Don't, don't get satisfied with what is you got to keep thinking, what if, what if, what if, keep dreaming. I'll just randomly text him, perhaps the Lord. And you know what he responds back to me? Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. He's telling me, okay, I'm with you. I got you. You're not alone in this. What would happen if we as a church, as a body of believers, would dream big and say perhaps the Lord and then come together with a whatever it takes commitment? You see, I believe that's the combination for something special to happen. Last year, 
we talked to you about 320 and our 320 offering, some of the things that we were pursuing, projects that we were trusting and believing God for across all of our campuses. And many of you participated in this 320 offering. We said perhaps the Lord, and you rose up with a commitment, a financial contribution, and I wanted to give you the total of our 320 offering from December of last year. You gave $824,786.21. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, somebody say, perhaps the Lord. Say whatever it takes. Oh, I love it. I love it. That combination. The church has come together with vision and commitment. Now, let me finish this story, okay? Jonathan gives this inspiring speech, but the strategy is really terrible, okay? Uh, read verses 10 through 12. It's like, for real, Jonathan? I mean, you, you got me motivated, but we're we going to do what? Jonathan says, hey, here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to crawl over to the enemy's camp on our hands and our, our knees. We're going to sneak down through that valley and cross over on the other side, and then we're going to show ourselves to the Philistines. We're going to say, hey, hey, guys, here we are. And if they look at us and they say, stay right there, we'll know that this wasn't God. But if they say, oh, come on over and we'll teach you Israelites a little lesson, he'll say, we'll know that that is, I'm convinced that's God. We will know it is the Lord leading us. to. It'll be on like white on rice, like cats on mice, like dots on dice. It's time to roll some heads. Well, that, that was my translation. You're not going to read that in your Bible. But for real, he says, we're going we're gonna to blow our cover. I'm like, Jonathan, no, no, no. Sneak over in the middle of the night and use the element of surprise to your advantage. How many thinks that would be a good idea? Don't blow your cover. Man, at least maybe you can kill a handful before they really realize what's happening. But you're going to do what? And then the armor bearer says, hey, that sounds like a great plan. Jonathan says, okay, come on, right here. Stay right here. Stay right here on my hip. I'm leading. I'm going first, but I know you got my back. You see, an armor bearer had a pretty cool job. He would carry all the armor and the weapons. But when it came time to fight, he'd have to give those weapons up. That, that sword, there was only two swords in the whole camp. Saul had one, and he pl wasn't planning on doing anything with it, maybe chopping down some pomegranates from that tree he's hanging out from under. That sword belonged to Jonathan, and yet Jonathan says, stay right here on my hip. Here we go. And so they start crawling, and they, they, they come across the, the valley. They show themselves to the Philistines, and it was on. And the scripture says, look, look at verse 13. Let me read two more verses to you. The Bible says in verse 13, Jonathan climbed up using his hands and his feet, with his armor bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan, and his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. In that first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed some 20 men in an area of about half an acre. Now catch this. Here's what happens. They, they destroy about, seven, about 20 Philistines. And all of a sudden, God brings confusion into the enemy's camp. Confusion does not belong in the home of the righteous. But when you obey God, when you say, 
perhaps the Lord. When you have a heart that says, whatever it takes, vision and commitment together brought confusion into the enemy's camp. And you know what they started doing? The Philistines turned on each other. They start fighting each other. The enemy begins to melt away right before Jonathan's eyes. And in that moment, these boys were heroic. A prince named Jonathan and a no-name armor bearer. The Bible doesn't even give us his name. It's amazing what can happen when nobody cares who gets the credit. It's amazing what God will do in a church when we don't make it about a pastor or a denomination or an individual, we make it about Jesus. The Bible says that there was a roar that came out of that Philistine camp and it was so loud, now all of a sudden Saul and his 600 warriors, they're kind of awoken. And they, wait, 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 Saul's like, where is everybody? What's going on here? What's going on here? And the scripture says that God sent an earthquake He literally shook the ground because he didn't want Saul to miss it. Saul, you're about to miss it. You're just hanging out in comfort and safety, and you're about to miss the most epic battle in history. Don't miss what I'm doing. You see, if you cling to comfort and you always retreat to safety, you will miss God's A number of years ago, I remember coming home after a long day and walking in the house. And I walked into the living room and I see Rachel, she's seated on the couch and she's got tears in her eyes. And she's crying while she's sitting there on the couch. And fellas, I don't know if you've ever walked into a moment like that. And it was kind of like, I'm thinking, what'd I do? Guys, nod your head if you know what that feeling is. In my mind, I'm scrolling. Okay, what did I forget? Is there an anniversary here? Is there a birthday? Is it, what did I say? I didn't realize. I, I didn't. Re, what did I? Have I? Is it me? Is it me? You know. So she's crying. She's sitting there, and I'm kind of walking. I'm frozen, and she just looks at me with tears, and she says, "I love you, <laughs> fellas." <laughs> Pre-marriage counseling never prepares you for these moments. She says, I love you. And I'm like, I love you too? Hey, that's always the right answer, guys. That's always the the right answer. I love you. I'm like, "I, I, I love you. I love you. You love me. We're a happy family with a great big hug. And she's sitting there on the couch, and she pats the little spot beside her sit down. Okay. (laughs) Sit down right there. And then I look up and I notice on the TV screen, there are credits to a movie that are scrolling. And she had just watched a movie that had brought her to tears. And she said, I guess you had to be there. I'm like, I guess so. Come on, fella. How many know? You got to be careful, bro. I mean, I don't know what kind of chick flick she was watching. or Man, I wasn't about to turn in my man card, but I guess I did have to be there. Because it's hard for me to be moved to tears when I'm reading the credits 
of somebody else's experience. Oh, come on now. I, I, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. You will not be moved to tears when you're constantly reading the credits of somebody else's experience. I'm tired of hearing about how God used everybody else, and I'm ready to to say, Lord, perhaps the Lord. Perhaps, God, whatever it takes, I'll leave safety and comfort behind. I'll step into something that's unknown. Lord, I will dare to believe, God, and and how many of you want to experience that yourself? I mean, thank God for how he's used other people. But I'm saying, this is our year. Come on, somebody. This is your year. Now is the time God is mobilizing the church in the earth, and he's saying, if you'll just give me a chance, perhaps the Lord, if you'll just rise up and commit whatever it takes. Who are you in this story? Please don't be Saul. He had all the authority all the military power. He had all the political prowess. He had everything he needed, but he did nothing. He had everything. In fact, I'll tell you this. Saul didn't do anything wrong. He just didn't do anything at all. This is a year where we're going to take some risks. We try, we may fail. We try to plan a campus, we may fail. But bless God, he's going to honor it. Whatever is done in faith, will be honored with the provision of heaven. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.